Hello, everyone. I'm Mike Kliss, and you're listening to Kliss's Mic Drop in our podcast here. Let's call it the Schedule Edition. Uh, I know, I think we had one last uh, week with the Schedule Edition, but we're talking with Vic Fangio. Uh, He's our special guest, and we're talking to him on his thoughts on the 2021 schedule. And uh, what was pointed out uh, here uh, quite a bit was that... uh, you know, there's only one primetime game, and that was a Thursday night gimme that all teams get. And uh, no Monday night football, which Monday night is not what it used to be. Sunday night uh, football on 9 News is now uh, the big thing uh, as far as the primetime game of the week. But still, Monday night football, Brian Greasy, uh, you, you know, it's uh, it was making a comeback, and they do have a little more say in matchups, and I guess because they have a little more say, the Broncos' um, 29-year uh, MNF streak is over. The Broncos, uh, what this schedule showed is just how irrelevant the Broncos are across the NFL landscape. Uh, locally, still tremendous uh, interest. The uh, Twitter followers, the uh, you know, the web hits, uh, that people just insatiable for Bronco information. Aaron Rodgers, I don't go anywhere. Uh, the guy uh, on, on the next bar stool, the guy across, uh, um, you know, walking by with his dog while I'm sitting on the front porch, uh, the people in the office uh, over at the Nine News uh, wants to know. Uh, everyone asks me the same question. Uh, are the Broncos getting Aaron Rodgers? Uh, by the way, about the Aaron Rodgers, 25% chance. It's uh, it's about uh, I would say 30 per. I would uh, you know it's 25% chance the Packers trade him. How about that? Let's start there. If he is on the trading block, then I would say it's a uh, 55% chance uh, that the Broncos get him. Have to come up with a lot of packages, three first round draft picks. Uh, you know, a couple of young players who are really good and not expensive. Uh, for instance, uh, be careful what you ask for. Jerry Judy is probably the most tradable commodity commodity the Broncos have because he's three years, uh, uh, four years away from free agency, and he's already been paid his $8.6 million signing bonus. Uh, Pat Sertain, or Pat Sertan, first-round draft pick, uh, you know, you'd have to pay him his 12.7 signing bonus. So, um, I don't know. That's, uh, uh, of course the Broncos would do it. I mean, they, they, uh, you know, they want Aaron Rodgers is, you can't give up enough for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers can't get enough, which is why I know they don't want to trade him. Uh, but anyway, uh, getting on, uh, you thought that the uh, schedule was going to be the biggest news of the week, along with the uh, rookie minicamp for the Broncos, which started, uh, Wednesday night with meetings, Thursday, they had physicals. Uh, Friday more meetings, and they got on the field for a walkthrough and a practice. Uh, they'll do it again uh, on Saturday and also Sunday uh, before Phase 2 of the uh, Broncos offseason program begins. The vets and the rookies can uh, be there for on-field work. Football instruction, it's just one week. And then uh, May 24th in two weeks, uh, not even two weeks, come OTAs and mini camps and we will see who shows up my guess is more than the uh than than these players initially thought after what happened to Juwan James 
and Deshaun Hamilton. And in Juwan James's case, he has been terminated from the team with a non-football injury designation. That means his guarantees are automatically voided. That means the Broncos are not planning on paying $10.58 million that he was owed this year. Because he's no longer in the, on the team, uh, they are not expected to go after the prorated portion of his signing bonus. Um, Deshaun Hamilton, uh, this, uh, earlier in the, uh, in the same day Friday, Deshaun Hamilton tears an ACL, and he can't make this up. On Thursday, the Broncos and Deshaun Hamilton's agent get together, and they say um, he's going to be waived if, uh, if, if he can't be traded. Uh, he, uh, the news that he would be waived uh, comes out, and, uh, and then there is, uh, that did spark one team that was interested in acquiring Hamilton. And the Broncos and one other team, an unnamed team, um, had a, uh, were pretty far along in trade talks. And I think that trade, from what I was told, the trade was going to happen. And then uh, Deshaun, in working out away from the team facility, as Juwan James did, uh, uh, tears up uh, uh, his knee. Uh, the fear was a, um, an ACL tear. Uh, the team would not confirm it, but it doesn't look good for uh, Deshaun Hamilton. And uh, he's probably in the same boat, 2.2 million, not 10.58 of uh, Juwan James. But uh, the Broncos are going to either waive uh, Deshaun Hamilton, whose money was non-guaranteed, so they weren't going to pay him, or uh, they were going to uh, trade his 2.2 uh, away. So um, don't think Deshaun's going to get traded uh, or going to get his money either. That's uh, the news of the week. Until then, um, uh, before we delve more into the Broncos offseason and all the developments that have uh, that have occurred, uh, let's uh, let's talk to Vic Fangio. We were able to have an exclusive interview. Nine News was with uh, Vic on the day the schedule came out on Wednesday. Uh, first thought of the schedule to me is it looks easy as they have five last place teams. Uh, when you have a 17th game and that 17th game you are given a last place team, uh, that's why it looks like there's a lot of them. Uh, so there's uh, five last place opponents on there and also uh, they're just one primetime game, the Thursday gimme against Cleveland. And I say gimme because all teams who don't have a Sunday night or a Monday night game do get a Thursday night uh, fallback. So uh, that's what the league thinks of the Broncos uh, as they fight to regain relevancy. And that's what happens when you don't make the playoffs for five years. In the last four years, uh, you average less than six wins. By uh, five and eleven, six and ten, seven and nine, and five and eleven again. So uh, the Broncos didn't do much to uh, upgrade their. Uh, well, I shouldn't say didn't do much. They got Teddy Bridgewater. I think that is an upgrade to their up uh, to their quarterback room, along with Drew Locke. Um, but it's not, uh, and there's still a chance for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they passed up on Justin Fields uh, with their first round pick, took the safe choice in Pat Sertan. A cornerback instead. We'll see how it all looks five years from now. But let's talk to Vic Fangio uh, in the uh, sit-down interview we had with him on Nine News about what he thought of the Broncos' 2021 schedule. 
Coach, thanks for joining us. A lot of Bronco fans were looking forward to this moment with the schedule release. As you looked at it, anything uh, stand out to you right away? No, when I get the schedule, the first thing I look for is our first few games to see if uh, we're playing a team that has a new staff, whether it be a totally new staff or one side of the ball is new, you know, because that can make um, planning and scouting report a little difficult. So that's the first thing I look for. And, and obviously with the second game being against Jacksonville, that's a totally new staff, both offensively and defensively and kicking game. So, you know, what you're going against there, you'll have one regular season game to look at, but a lot of guesswork at this time of this season. And then the Jets is a new staff too in the third game. So those are kind of things I look for when I first look at the schedule because – Many times otherwise, it's not uh, when you play them, it's when you play them, what kind of shape are they in and what kind of shape are you in? You know, a lot of times if you play a team that looks like a real daunting task and their best player or two is out, that changes the dynamics of it. So all this is is something to talk about this time of year, but come September, October, November, there might be a lot more relative information. You talked about uh, some of your, you know, what shape your team is in when you play certain teams. Last year, out of the gate, you just had some crushing blows with injuries. Two best players on each side of the ball, Sutton and Vaughn Miller. Uh, but when you look at the schedule this year, um, pretty imperative uh, after the slow starts uh, in your two years that you get off to a fast start. And how anything you're going to do to address the starting quicker? We just got to play better. We got to coach better. Um, I mean, everybody wants to get off to a good start, no matter what you've done in the previous years. That's obvious. Um, so we'll do anything and everything we can to win that first game and then win the second game and take one week at a time, one game at a time. But yeah, I feel you. We do need to get it off to a better start than we have the last two seasons. That's for sure. It seemed like there's a, uh... You got your share of last place opponents uh, on your schedule. That's a function of uh, where you finished last year. Also, I think it looks like there's more because there's a 17th game and they added a, a last place team. Uh, is it an easy schedule? What do you say to people who say uh, it looks like it's easy? There are no easy schedules in the NFL. You know that. Everybody knows that. Um, I don't see uh, Colorado school. School of Mines on here. I don't see. Uh, they can put it up, by the way. They can? Yeah, they can score. I'll take my, I'll take my chances. And um, But they're all hard in the NFL. You know, and last year's last place teams might be this year's first place teams. I remember my last year in uh, Chicago, we were last place in 17. Everybody probably thought that we were an automatic win for a lot of teams and we went 12 and four or 13 and three, something like that. And didn't turn out that way. And you have that every year in the NFL. So to look at a schedule in May and say it's easy or hard is just topic of conversation. It's really doesn't have a lot of validity to it. I tell you one part that's not easy. It looks pretty daunting from weeks four through seven. How challenging is that going to be where they stack them up against the Ravens, at the Steelers, Las Vegas Raiders, and then at the Browns on Thursday night? 
Yeah, I mean, um, three of the four were playoff teams last year, and Vegas very easily could have been one. They have one of the best offenses in the league. So, yeah, it's a hard stretch. But, I mean, anytime you look at any three or four game stretch, they're hard games. You know, in, in the NFL, anybody can beat anybody. And we just take them one at a time is the way we try and go about it. What do you think of where the uh, bye week is placed? It's good. I mean, I never saw a bye week that I didn't like. But um, obviously, the later in the season it is, is usually better, especially if you um, can become a playoff team. It's good to have a bye late in the season. I think um, Tampa, their players and coaches alluded to having a late bye last year as they thought was kind of key for them. They were seven and five at the time and kind of reeling a little bit. And they had a bye week and they put the train back on the tracks and got rolling as we all saw. So yeah, I think you'd prefer one late if you can, but um, they're all good. Uh, much has been made. No Monday night football game for the Broncos for the first time in almost 30 years. Just that one prime time game on, on Thursday night. Uh, what's your reaction to that? Well, it's good. I mean, most coaches and players for that matter, but coaches more so would tell you that they're happy with that because you don't have to adjust your routine. And uh, we're all kind of creatures of habit, especially football players and coaches. So we kind of like that. But um, I believe it's from week five till the end of the season. You can always be flexed. And hopefully we're playing good enough to where – they might consider flexing us a couple times. And then finally, Coach, um, should be fans in the stands. I mean, with that extra ninth uh, home game this year, and they're talking about full capacity at Empower Field, I mean, that, uh, you you got to really be happy about that, especially after last year where it almost felt like you were playing in a gym sometimes uh, during practice. Yeah, no question. Um all sports, especially football, is better with fans, especially with a full packed house. I mean, I watched uh, the Phillies and the Braves the other night, and Atlanta had a full stadium, back-to-back -back games, and it, it was great, you know. Sports is really nothing without the fans. We always knew that. I always knew that, but it proved out to be the case. Everybody got to see it up close and personal last year, and we'd love to have them back, especially our great fans here. All right, Coach, thanks a lot. The late uh, Pat Bowling, you know what he would have said if he saw the schedule? Going 17-0, and 0, going 17-0. and 0. <laughs> Well, right now we got the uh, second O taken care of. We need to work on getting that left-hand column moved up. There you go. There you go. Thanks, Coach. All right, thank you very much uh, to Vic Fangio, our special guest here on Quiz's Mic Drop. Uh, we have continued this podcast uh, uh, periodically during the off season, and it'll be once a week, of course, uh, during the season. Uh, really, as uh, as training camps uh, starts, it'll be a, a once a week thing. But we hope you enjoy. Seems like everyone has a podcast. I can't believe uh, how many podcasts are out there right now. And I guess because uh, it's because you people listening enjoy them. Um, I, I have a lot of people who tell me they, when they're on 45-minute uh, uh, road trips or 
uh, that, that traffic, uh, that rush hour drive in the morning and night, uh, podcasts are nice to listen to. So hope you enjoy Cliss's mic drop. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Vic Fangio uh, on the schedule. <clears throat> the Broncos, uh, you know, Juwan James uh, not getting paid by the Broncos. Uh, there will be a grievance, but for now, Broncos aren't paying him $10.58 million because he got hurt working out away from the team facility. Roughly 40 Bronco veterans did not show up for Phase 1 conditioning program. I would add that about a little more than 20 did show up. It's about 21, 22 uh, that showed up, uh, the veterans, for the uh, conditioning program. Uh, that was four weeks. Uh, now comes uh, Phase 2 on uh, Monday. Phase 2 is uh, one week and one week only. It used to be three weeks. But that's on-field football drills. Coaches who couldn't be uh, uh, with the players during Phase 1 can be on the field with the players in Phase 2. Then that all-important Phase 3 for, uh, portion, that's where the OTAs and the minicamp practices are. That's where it's 11-on-11. 11 11. That's when you find out a little bit about your Broncos team. Union doesn't want, uh, thinks it's too much, too much of the offseason. And I don't disagree with some of their premise. Uh, however, what I think uh, the union has uh, really miscalculated is they didn't have a clear-cut injury protection for these players in working out uh, away from the facility. And so that will be heard by uh, independent arbiter at some point regarding Juwan James and Deshaun Hamilton. Basically two major injuries, both of them to the Broncos. The Broncos at the epicenter of this uh, union boycott for voluntary off-season workouts. And uh, part of the problem was, as we all know, far from the union's position, is it wasn't really voluntary. So they're hoping to, to ease up and, and maybe they can get some of that. But uh, uh, right now, it's uh, they don't have enough injury protection away from the facility to go through with a meaningful protest. That's the way I see it anyway. Jawan James not getting his 10.58. Deshaun Hamilton, the 2.2. Uh, the fact that the Broncos are going to cut him anyway, I doubt he gets uh, that money. There is difference, though. Deshaun did give the Broncos three good years, at least all. He left it all on the field. He uh, started slow and, uh, and, and finished well all three years. You look at his splits 1 through 12, it's about half his production in three years combined than it was in games 13 through 16. Uh, really amazing how he always played well the last four games of the season, and it was disappointing in games 1 through 12. And uh, he was too far down on the depth chart with Sutton coming back, Judy, Hamler, Patrick ahead of him, Tyree Cleveland, the uh, last year's rookie coming on, and then Seth Williams, a six-round rookie this year. So um, that'll do it for Cliss's mic drop. Uh, again, the Broncos offseason uh, program carries on. Um, rookie minicamp finishes up this weekend. Pat Sertain, all the rookies showed up. They all showed up except for Jonathan Cooper, who had a, a heart procedure, a minor heart procedure. Easy for me to say, minor heart procedure. Uh, but it was an ablation where they stick a catheter up and kind of shock the electrodes, from what I understand, of the heart. Kind of get that irregular uh, heartbeat going uh, as it should. <clears throat> so he had that procedure on Wednesday. He's been participating in meetings virtually. And then uh, the hope is that he can uh, fly to Denver uh, later next week. So 
uh, thinking about Jonathan Cooper. Otherwise, 20 of 21 draft picks and undrafted rookies showed up for a rookie minicamp. Uh, they also had uh, five trial players, including quarterback uh, Case Kukas uh, from Northern Arizona. Uh, he had three nice years at Northern Arizona and then two injury-plagued years where he didn't play much. But uh, uh, he was a rookie uh, two years ago, 2009, no, last year, 2020. So uh, basically was uh, around for the, uh, to run the rookie minicamp uh, operation. But uh, the rookies, who the unions, uh, the union didn't want them to show up. They all showed up. They ignored them, uh, as Pat Sertan said um, to the Denver media on Friday. He's a rookie. hasn't done anything to warrant uh, not being able to talk and not being able to not show up for minicamp. Out of the mouths of babes, uh, I think comes common sense that uh, even the elders uh, can take stock in. So. That's it. We'll see how this offseason plays out. It's been an interesting one. Crazy time for the uh, Denver Broncos and, uh, and George Payton. Also want to give our, our thoughts to Noah Fant, who lost his mother uh, uh, last week. Uh, she was uh, in her early 50s, uh, died unexpectedly, is what uh, Vic Fangio said. But it was nice that the Broncos, Joe Ellis, uh, arranged and paid for a private uh, flight for uh, Fangio, George Payton, uh, Wade Harmon, the Broncos tight ends coach, Von Miller, and Drew Locke to go attend the uh, funeral and uh, show Noah some support. So anyway, um, uh, a tough week and, uh, and also an uplifting week in other ways with the rookie minicamp uh, for the Broncos, getting the kids on the field. Good to see football players running around on a 100-yard field, even if it is in May. And uh, uh, it, it is on a practice field. So we'll do this again. Thanks again to Vic Fangio for talking about the schedule. Thanks to you for listening to Cliss's Mic Drop. We'll do it again next time, everybody. Thank you very much. <laughs>